This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our very good friends at Oro Recovery. They're located in sunny Southern California. They're founded by Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission to treat alcoholism and addiction with connection and compassion rather than control. Their staff has decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness. They make sure the kick is as comfortable as possible which is great if you're kicking benzos or heroin or crack or alcohol. They have amenities you would not believe. Sound bath meditation, equine therapy, surfing, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. If I wasn't so fucking sober, I would consider relapsing just to go there. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California to get well, I cannot suggest oral recovery enough. Check them out at ororecovery.com. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. What is Sober Buddy? Sober Buddy is a lot of things. Sober Buddy is a little blue fluffy guy. But more importantly, it's an app. And even more importantly than that, it's a community of people that want to help you if you are interested in getting sober or if you are sober. They do 10 Zooms a week. And I should say we do. 10 Zooms a week because I do a Zoom for them on Wednesday for drug addicts. But they do Zooms around alcoholism and drug addiction. Their app has challenges to make living a sober life easier and more fulfilling. They have a bunch of different facilitators who run the Zooms. Check them out at Sober Buddy in the App Store or at YourSoberBuddy.com or check them out at Sober Buddy in the Google Play Store. Come to the Zoom. We have a 30-day free trial, so sign up at YourSoberBuddy.com now. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by Evolution Accounting and Consulting. They're a full-service accounting firm that can help with your taxes, your bookkeeping, your payroll, and almost any other business need you have. Evolution Accounting and Consulting was founded by a crackhead, Eric, and he's in recovery, so he understands what we do. He loves Dopey. We love Eric and Evolution Accounting and Consulting. If you are a small business owner and you are trying to figure out payroll and taxes, don't even bother. Just go to www.evolution-accounting.com and let him help you. They will help you. Use the promo code Dopey and it's going to be incredible. They do what they do at Evolution Accounting and Consulting so that you, as the dreamer and small business owner, can do what you've always dreamed to do. Again, it's www.evolution-accounting.com and mention Dopey and get a special deal. Welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave, and for a treat, we're with Fentanyl J on the Bay. Special treat, J on the Bay. Jay, what do you think, man? What's going on with you? You know, same stuff. I can't call it, Davey. What's happening with you? So it's it's we're coming to the end of January, yep. and, and Jay, like many uh, American citizen, you got to throw the gum out the window, Jay. Do, huh? People are going to lose their fucking minds. All right, that's right, it. You swallowing the gum? That's it. I don't remember if I've ever 
No, it's not true. I've thrown out maybe six pieces of gum in my life. So you swallow the gum? All gum. You, swallowed. They say the gum like sits in your belly for it's twelve possible. years. I've got a lot of fucking gum in there. You've got a giant I've ball got a of gum. A lot of gum. Yeah. A giant wad. Yeah. So like what I was gonna say is like like millions of Americans, Jay, who's a horrible drug addict. <laughs> you're not just like an average American. You're a fucking horrible <laughs> felon. Fucking they don't call you fentanyl Jay because you're an average American. Yeah, no. But Jay, like many average Americans, is participating in Dry January. Dry as fuck. So what's happening? You know, just dry January. No drinking in January. Um, also, no drug doing. Nose is dry. I appreciate you saying drug doing instead of drugging. Drugging. Don't yeah. you hate it when people say drugging? Yeah. That's not into that. Doesn't sound good. Okay, no drug doing, no drinking no in drugging. January. No drugging. That sounds like fucking predators, <laughs> you know? Today's January 24th. Yeah. It's actually my father's 79th birthday. Wow, big shout out. All right, nice. I, I wanted out. to get I wanted to get a shout out. Big shout here. out to the Jewish George Clooney. Anyway, exactly. He's a good uh, looking dude. What are 79. we? Seventy nine. Holy shit. Dude. Yeah. It's he's all happening. fucking moving like he's in his fifties, dude. He's a stud. All right. Yeah. That's nice. What I'm saying is the month is almost over. Yep. So February is coming. It is. Do you shift from dry January back to just recovery or back to just drinking? Like a wet February? It's not. You had wet. You had wet brain December. <laughs> I did. I drank every single day of December. So what do you see in February? What I mean, like I, Jay and I, we Jay did a show a couple weeks ago. Mm. I've been encouraging Jay to do any kind of documentation. Yeah. He's sure he's going to prison. If that is the case, I want documentation. Yeah. Week in, week out, as we get to the end of Jay's free period. Yeah, yeah. So where where's your head at? What's happening? I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe you know February. There's gonna be some decisions to make. You know, like as far as if I'm gonna fucking be drinking or going. I don't know. You know, I'm like a day to day kind of living right now. Which that's one day at a time. One kind day of thing. at a time. You know, one one day at a time kind of thing. But I've been thinking. I you know what I have been thinking more about. I've been fucking going pretty hard in the gym. I've been thinking about like actually going to prison more and more every day. What are you thinking? Because you, know? you gotta like, I'm sure fucking half the dopey nation's been there. You gotta like fucking. When I've been a fucking uh, regular person in society, not even like, not even, not like if you're doing drugs on the outside and you're living like a fucking dirtbag and stuff, it's kind of an easier transition to go to jail or to prison because you're already living like a dirtbag and like. It's an easy switch, you know, but I switched that off and I've been living like a regular person for, you know, for like, like, like not doing anything crazy shady or like being a dickhead or you've been a delightful young man. I've been a delightful. I've been a, I've been a treat, yes. you know, a yes. snack is one was that, you know? <laughs> I've, yes. So, so I'm gonna, I've been thinking more like, you know, I, I, I don't, everyone does time differently, you know, like, and, and I do too. I know how I do time, you know, it's like, I, it's hard for me to fucking, um, like I say to myself, I won't get into anyone else's business, but it's hard for me to like, you know, be quiet a lot, you know? Well, you need the energy, the constant entertainment. I need some movement, you know, I need some flow and, and you know, it's, everyone's just all going down in there. I'd like keep my head down. I'd fucking read books. I would fucking work. I wouldn't do anything, you know? And that's, I do that. I try to do that a lot, but like, I like getting in the mix. I like getting in like the middle of things. You know what I'm saying? Not like a, of a personal situation, but like being in, being in the mix. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, you know, like just being in, in the mix. So it's going to be hard for me. Now I'm going to have to like flip this switch, you know, cause when you go there, 
you have to stand on principles like like even things that i don't believe in right now like i'll have to believe in then give you me know? an example like like white supremacy like, like yeah like a b <laughs> <laughs> i was just talking about it. i got this fucking k tattoo on me i might get in some trouble for this with the little k with the five point crown on it is that some sort of korean pride tattoo? it's exactly what it is okay and then um it's also like a latin king tattoo you know they might not like that you know, maybe, the, but maybe the Latinos will like you that. You think they'll embrace me? I, I don't. <laughs> you ta- I, I don't know. Embrace me as Latino. You know, the closest I've been in the mix is rehab. And rehab. It's, not, it's a similar mix, but it's not a wintry mix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, I don't know uh, of what you have to do. It's like if, like, like for example, right? Like, like there's certain things that, like, like you almost have to go in there with a chip on your shoulder. You know, like, like you have to stand on your principles. Like if somebody fucking. If somebody, even in, in jail, this is what is true, at least in New York, on, on Long Island. Like, if somebody reaches over your food, like, to you gotta get fuck to, them up. You have to fucking, you have to stand, you have to say something at least, you know, like, you have to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't, you know? Right. Like, like, another thing is, like, if someone says, like, like, oh, on my family, or like, on my mom, or on my kids, like, you can't question that. Like, right. like, if, oh, did you cut that card deck? Like, yeah, I cut it. I cut the deck. Like, on my, on my kids, I cut it. And then you're like, no, you didn't. Then you're basically saying that. You know what I'm saying? I recently talked to somebody who had serious charges and they went into a diversion program. mm. And what they were supposed to do years on, they did months on. Oh, nice. And it was total. It was like a military style diversion program. Willard shock program. And we got to get you into that. That'd be dope. We got it. We got we got to get you into that. He does like all this crazy fitness stuff professionally that'd, now. That'd and uh, what? What? What's so funny about <laughs> You're that? You're gassing me, Dave. I'm not. You're gassing me. Why would I gas you? You're gassing me up a little bit. No, there's this dude. His name is... is uh, Oh, the guy that went in? Yeah. And he did a military program like fucking fitness. Yeah, like, and uh, now he's like a fucking beast. And he does it for a living. Oh, really? It's this. His name is Chris Spolina. He's going to be on the show soon. He's Shout one of Chris. these. Yeah, he's like a hippie from New Jersey. Damn. Got busted selling, you know, a drugs. million drugs in yeah. upstate, and uh, and had to do. I think in he New got, York. Yeah, he and probably did like fucking shock or Willard. I don't even know if they have shock. He anymore, got shock Willard or something. And yeah. and and he got diverted to this total military exercise based program. He like wasn't. Hundred days was it? Hundred days. I think it was a year. A year? But we need to talk to some folks and see. Listen, Dopey Nation, if you are in the legal system, if you know any way to protect this delightful young snack from going into serious population and diverting his bright future, write an email to Dopey Especially if you're from Ohio. Hold on, you're you're interrupting the email. sorry. (laughs) We we got to get this information. Dopeypodcast at gmail.com, especially if you're in Ohio. <laughs> with a F F one felony with a MBO mandatory drug events. All right. Before we go to anything else, we have uh we have some emails. You ready? Here's the email. <laughs> hey Dave, it's Jay again from last week's episode who took it's a couple weeks ago now, who took that puff of five fentanyl pills. One puff, five pills? I guess. I was I don't know about puffing fentanyl pills. I was stoked that my voicemail got played. Hearing you and Aaron worry about me makes me think I should worry more uh, about myself. Does this remind me of you? Remind you of you? Remind me of me? Talking to the mic. Remind me of me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a little bit about me. I first went into treatment for benzos, not opiates. The research chemical etazolam. Familiar? Not. 
was my main drug of choice. I liked it. Tizzies. Yeah. Don't get any stupid ideas. (laughs) I liked it because it could not, it would not make me feel as tired as Xanax and it felt more euphoric. I first got into Xanax when I was young and selling weed. I felt like a kingpin buying pounds. That sounds like you, right? Yeah, he's feeling himself. I ended up making $20,000 in cash. I buried that under the doghouse in my parents' backyard for safekeeping. What's crazy is the same kid who I smoked those pills with in Vegas is the kid who gave me my first benzos. I take that back. I would always steal my mother's benzos before Mm. his, but it never got totally out of hand. Anyway, homie traded me a 1,000 Xanax that he bought online from India for a bunch of my weed, Indian Xanax. Nice. You know about that? I know about getting them online. I know about getting them online. Uh, I thought it would broaden my drug dealing venture and sell them all, but I ended up taking all thousand to my own head. Sheesh. That's what started my seven year benzo focused poly drug abuse story. Sheesh. I had a rough go with benzos crashing and totaling two cars, physically fighting my dad. It's like you. Sheesh. Uh, losing the love of my life. Sheesh. Quitting school and ultimately attempting suicide. That Oof. was not like you. I was blacked out on three ho PCP, a disassociative. Three ho? Three HO PCP. Whoa. And flual prozolam. Stronger chemical than, than regular alprazolam. I don't oh. think I would have attempted suicide had I not been on benzos. I don't remember this, but when I went back in my phone, I saw that I was posting on Reddit trying to figure out the lethal dose I needed to take to not wake up. It ended up with me having a breathing tube down my throat in the ICU Ooh. and being sent to a psych ward for the second time. Oof. In the psych ward, I made friends with a 25-year-old man-child with Down syndrome who loved singing Barney all day. Dope. He was distraught. His parents abandoned him. And I'm such a people pleaser. I promised I would adopt him. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Looney Bin story right there. It was a sad day when I broke his heart and left for rehab. Anyway, I made it past my benzo addiction with the help of rehab and sober living. But I got kicked out of sober living because me and my bunkie snuck some girls over from a girl's sober living house over to our place after curfew. We had them climb through our window. We ended up having sex with them at the same time in the same room together. I fist bumped him. But I think we mostly tried to ignore each other. We bragged <laughs> another kid at the house and he ratted us out. I felt bad being there because I always I was going to ketamine therapy behind my house manager's back. And that's a precursor to the uh, shout out to Ch- is her name Chelsea? To Chloe. Chloe. Chloe shout Liber- out to Chloe. Talk into the mic. It's my bad. It's like you're holding I'm the fucking mic. Fucking biting my nails, you're like dude. You know? Using the fucking mic as a hair dryer or something. You're like, I don't know, <laughs> what are you doing? Shout out to Chloe. When are you ever on the mic that you don't need to hold I don't the camera? I have the headphones on. Shout out to Chloe. You want yeah, you want the headphones? Yeah, give me the headphones. Yeah, all right. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, right? Yeah, shout out to Chloe. She oh, she I tells she sells some really good ketamine business. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the ketamine clinic had to change the rules at the clinic because when they asked me what kind of relaxing music I wanted to listen to during my session, I chose some trippy psychedelic electronic music that they thought was not conducive to ketamine therapy. From there out, the clinic only allowed medication and calming music. Besides doing ketamine and sober living, I would attempt to get high eating mega doses of gabapentin. The oh, gabbies. Does that work? The gabbies, yeah, but I think you can only take so much of them because it only dissolves in your body f- this fast. 
I once ate my entire month's prescription in one sitting, which is 27 grams of gabapentin at 300 milligram pills, 90 count. I wouldn't even feel anything. Maybe my receptors were shot from the time I did the same thing with my Ambien prescription. You see, I think it's because the gabapentin, if you take uh, X amount, it only absorbs that much. So it doesn't matter how much you take over that. So when you point at me, it was you're saying that you know this. I shit. was right, yeah, right? Was, Wasn't yeah, I right? That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I once ate my 30-day Ambien prescription over the course of a day, which is super dangerous to Oof. eat 30 10-milligram pills. I did go to the emergency room for that Ambien overdose, regaining consciousness with my parents crying in the room. Oof. That was nothing new for me, though. It was not the first time it had happened. The first time was when I was 15. I woke up in the emergency room with my parents there. And that was my first time drinking alcohol. I drank an entire bottle of Bacardi to myself because I wasn't feeling anything for the first 15 minutes. I ended up shitting myself that night as well. This oh. story has a lot of action. Yeah, you're not fucking kidding. This is a lot of action. Anyways, after getting kicked out of sober living, I fleed my state and went, I think it would be fled my Flat. state, yeah. and went to Oregon and tried to stay away from all my bad connections in Arizona. But Oregon weed was too cheap and potent for me to ignore. I fell back into overdosing on weed every day. I don't know how that oh, works. Shit. I try to use that to numb myself, and it's oh, a small DK. problem. However, the real problem up here was Kratom. I fell back into the nasty habit of eating over a quarter pound Jeez, of Kratom this every, guy loves to eat. every day. <laughs> every day? Yeah. <laughs> a quarter I'm pound. I'm sorry. Like what? I'm, I'm going to get a quarter pound hamburger and then a little quarter uh, pound of Kratom yeah. on the side. Oh, a quarter pounder of the Kratom. Do you know how much Kratom that probably is? Have you eaten a lot of Kratom? No, but I know what it looks like. It's kratom? like powder. No, I uh, maybe. No, not that I remember really. Shout out to Andre. He eats Kratom. Taking 120 Eight. grams on a daily basis, and it was not sustainable. I was able to take what such large fuck? doses by taking toilet paper squares and tearing them into half so you have parachutes per square and then you load up six of those with five grams of kratom powder in the middle of each holy shit you fold the quarters corners up and twist it up and wash the parachutes back it's like fucking paper pills holy shit right? is that's that what like he's a, saying yeah but that's got to be like it's a fucking gigantic. ball dude gigantic it was my solution for the gritty texture and dirt taste funnily enough i could have been the first kratom death Wow. This guy's hysterical. This guy's been <laughs> fucking going I, at it, dude. A little, 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 little lot. It's this a lot. This is fucking... It's a lot. Overdose, Jay. He fucking... He's ODJ. ODJ. All right, here we go. Hold on. Here we go. One time, I attempted it without water to wash it down because I thought... Oh, it's I fucked. Had the technique <laughs> down. Well, it got lodged in my throat, and I was lucky enough to get it out, but wow, that could have been bad and was really scary. Oh, it's uh, it sounds terrible. Anyway, get some water. Bro. I love being sober. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's like I, re I feel like a little out of touch, but oh, I'm like an old shit. man. I love being sober. Anyways, I only do Kratom a few times a month now, but here's the problem. I'm moving back to Arizona where all my bad connections are, like mm. the friends who's, addiction, who's addicted to Fent. I don't plan on seeking out it out there. But it, he will be in my friend group. I'm very impulsive, and it's almost impossible for me to turn down any substance. The Kratom has turned me into a fiend for opiates like I haven't been in my previous addiction this phase. This four, I think. Yeah, that Kratom really yeah. kicks up opiate shit hardcore. I can't stop kindling this Kratom addiction. Anyways, I don't mean to go on and on, but I'll keep you updated if hard drugs do find me when I move back. I'm worried I need extra help, and I'm considering the meetings I used to go in Arizona. Another crazy factor 
is I got lucky in the stock market and turned ten grand into five hundred grand. Five hundred thousand in the GameStop stock fiasco a year ago. In what? There was this thing with GameStop where they shorted the stock. Oh yeah. Not having money is no longer an issue, and I can become a true degenerate if I fuck up. You could become. I think you. I think you've already earned. I think you earned degenerate status (laughs) on the on the quarter pounder. Swallowing fucking five gram balls, dry swallow. In a toilet paper. That's serious degeneracy. That's fucking debauchery. You like that? Yes. If I could become a true degenerate if I fuck up. Yes, I'm for sure an addict. I'm just not currently strung out, but I'm at risk throwing it all away. Thanks, Dave, and toodles for Chris. Thanks, Dave, and toodles for Chris. Jay. Listen, Jay. Bro. What do you think? I don't. I got to be honest. Yes. ODJ, bro. I wish him the best. That's not being honest. That's being cryptic. But... Uh, Listen, his friend, he's fucked. You're just saying F-U-C-K-E-D, that's it? D is fucked. This is what I'm going to say. You got to fucking not have friends. This is what I'm going to say. Arizona's tough. Jay, not you, Jay. O-D-J, if that's what we're going to call you. I like that nickname, actually. O-D-J, don't O-D. Don't go to Arizona. Go to fuck. You're going to have to go someplace to kill. O-D-J, don't O-D. Yeah, he's going to have to go to fucking rehab. Bro, For the Arizona's fucking... It's rampant. In but Arizona. he has $500,000, $500, a crazy Kratom habit, oh. and a friend group that gets fentanyl. That's the thing. It's that's a recipe that's for the kicker. Death. The friend group is the kicker, I think. I think if, when I, for me, when I fucking came, when I came back to New York permanently, fucking, that's probably the main reason why I didn't fucking go back. Because I fucking got a new phone number and I fucking don't have the same friends. Is there anyone in your friend group from the old friend group? The new friend? No, I talked to one of them, to one friend out of that group. And? I just talked to him, you know. Is he still out there? He's he's on the fucking business end of things, you know. But you see, even just that one connect. Yeah. Because, like, all it is is one domino. And I worry about ODJ. Yeah. You know, I really do because it's like. 500 grand? It's a lot of money. He's going to fucking. Kratom is like. Yeah, Kratom isn't going to kill you, but it's very much a placeholder. Yeah, for sure. So if you need to go to Arizona, and I know you're not asking my advice, but I suggest you get off Kratom before you go. And I suggest not going. Yeah. I suggest ignore, like ignoring this old friend group. Find a new friend group. Yeah, he's got five hundred. He can go wherever he wants to go. But but this is the thing. You have five hundred thousand dollars. If you are an addict, it's not enough money. There's no way. So. Oh yeah, you'll blow that. And you're die. Oh, you're or you will die. That's already cased. Yeah. Well, now we're going to hear from wonderful Chloe LeBranch. Chloe LeBranch was at DopeyCon. Yeah. I think you got there a little after she spoke. Possible. But uh, I, I really loved having her come over. But before we get to Chloe, I just want to say that this episode of Dopey is brought to you by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp offers online therapy. It is the greatest, most ubiquitous provider of online therapy there is. If your brain is anything like my brain, it requires support. It requires you to have focus. What's it like when you guys are at your best self? When I'm at my best self, I'm in some kind of flow state. Things are coming easy. I'm not seeking out approval and feeling better. I I just, things are okay. I'm at my best when I'm with my kids or the dog or Linda or whatever. And working with a therapist can help you get closer to that best version of you without external stuff. 
Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Therapy is amazing for that. It helps you be exactly who you want to be more of the time because you can never be who you want to be all of the time. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is an amazing option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash dopey podcast. Save 10% off the first month. That's betterhelp.com slash dopey podcast. Don't be a stranger. Get some help from BetterHelp. So we're going to go to Chloe in a second. But before we do, I want to remind you of a few things. Support Dopey on Patreon. I just shipped out like 20 sticker packs to all the $10 uh, Patreon supporters. If you're a $5 supporter, you can go to the Dopey Patreon Zoom, which is actually this Saturday. If you're a $10 supporter, you get a ton of stickers. If you want more stickers, I'll send you more stickers. If you're a $10 supporter and you don't have the stickers, let me know. I'll send them to you. If you're a $15 supporter, you get socks or even a candle. If you're at that $15 or $20 level and you didn't get your socks or a candle, let me know. I'll hook it up. Support us on Patreon. There's going to be a bonus Fentanyl J Patreon. There's also a bonus me, Ray, Butchie, and KDB Patreon. There's all sorts of archival video. I'm going to start doing some other video recovery stuff on Patreon. So just also, if you just love the show and you feel like you've been mooching off how free and amazing the show is, kick down to Patreon. Also, there's fucking dopey merch that's not being bought. We just came out with the Dopey Nation design. It's on Instagram. It's in the Dopey store. Go to dopeypodcast.com. Get that shit. And then more importantly than all the sales is we're putting together this thing on the website called The Nation, which will feature you guys, art, dopey art, dopey music, dopey stories. If you're an artist, make dopey art. If you're a musician, make dopey music. If you're a writer, write a dopey story. If you're an addict and you want to be featured on dopey, send in an email or a voicemail to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Get your story immortalized on the show. All right, enough of the bullshit. Here's fucking Chloe. Actually, before I get to Chloe, leave a fucking review on iTunes. If, if you're a, a big-time listener and you're not leaving reviews, then what are you doing? If a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, did the tree actually fall? Leave a five-star review on the thing. Don't leave a one-star review unless you're fucking Joey Pepper, in which case you should leave a new five-star review on iTunes. Thank you. Here's Chloe. My dad will read the review on the show also. All right. Chloe LeBranch on gratitude. Oh, fucking A. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful for Red Bull and Jules. No. Um, I, uh, no, I was just saying that, like, right now, I feel like all I have in, like, for to be grateful for is my apartment, which I love, and just being not drinking. And I'm getting really frustrated because there's all these other empty spaces I really want to fill. Like, I want a boyfriend. I want my career to take off. Uh, I want to get, get, like, super hot. And, like, I'm trying to lose three pounds and it just won't happen. I can't see how you can lose three pounds. Where are you going to lose it from? My tummy. Okay. Listen. But. What? I'm also in going to Palm Beach this weekend and I'm hoping to like just find a really hot, like successful guy and just trap him and then maybe never come home. 
I think that's possible. That's in the realm of possibility. But do you think that would serve your your sober self? Maybe. I don't know. Anymore. Maybe. So last time you you were at DopeyCon. Uh-huh, super fun. You made a huge splash at DopeyCon. Really? People talked of your leggings, your material, everything. <laughs> I don't even remember my outfit. There were a lot. You wore a Death Leopard t-shirt mm-hmm. and leggings, some fancy leggings. Cool. And people were very into it. Sick. I remember the t-shirt. And other, other people commented that they couldn't wear the leggings. So <laughs> I think that's a compliment. Yeah. And you should take it as a compliment. I was way skinnier then. I don't think, were you? Like five pounds. Okay, I'm not going to get into your weight. Uh, I could, you know what I mean. But I think your appearance at DopeyCon was, I mean, you kicked the whole thing off. I think you talked about like eating pussy in a church or something crazy like that. Definitely not. No? <laughs> you talked about something with, with, with. Uh, I don't even remember. I, um, I don't know, I probably was riffing, you know, because I'm just like so off the cuff. You were totally off the cuff, but you set the, the tone. Mm-hmm. And weren't you amazed that we had this cult following? It was incredible. Were you, you shocked? Fill, you filled it out. It was great. Were you shocked? Yeah, I was shocked. And it was also like very different for me to do stand up because there was um, usually someone warms up the room. I host a lot, so you warm up the room, and then there's like other stand up, and then people are solely there to see stand up. So in this one, people kind of walked in and they maybe didn't even know all the different elements they were going to see. And then I just had to go do stand-up like completely cold. I don't know if I warm the room that well. No, because, I don't know, you're funny, but like there's usually like, and the audience is usually just like, we're here to see stand-up. Right. Um, And then it was, I feel like it was quite bright. So when you do comedy and you can see everyone, it's a lot different than when you're on a stage and it's just like bright lights and you're like, I'm basically alone. See, for me, it was bright up there. I remember the audience being darkish, but I don't do stand-up, so yeah. I bet in stand-up it's black. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to black it out in a church. Right. That The church had its limitations, but it was. I wanted to impress you. so I, I You think, did. Well, good. So good. I'm I good. was. I had so much fun. On your way there, were you like, this is going to suck, and then you got there, and you're like, this isn't that bad? No, I just remember it was pouring rain, and I was drinking Red Bull, smoking cigarettes, and just being like, my cigarettes kept going out, and I was like, what is life? Dude, the fucking sound guys mm-hmm. fucked up the recording. Really? Uh, and they got stoned at the intermission. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? I can't. Yeah, I know. My my friend from high school smoked weed with them at the intermission, and then they fucked up Did the Did he relapse? Sound. No, he's not sober. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's funny. Like All the sound guys and engineers in stand-up, they're all just like autistic potheads. Like well, Every time you get an engineer, everyone's like, all right, going to look for someone with autism. And they just fuck everything up. You can't get mad at them because they're disabled. Right. And then they just happen to be stoners to cope. Oh, like yeah. as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And then some people have podcasts where they get really drunk on the podcast and then the sound guy gets wasted. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to the best audio. Like my my engineer, I'll be like, Can you get me some clips? And they'll be like, Yeah, I just got some coke. Gonna be up all night. Like I went to his house once to edit with him clips, and he was just like jawing out, being like, "I love this one. <laughs> this is a good one." So <laughs> when you first came on, you had like days clean, mm-hmm. like you were fresh off of a relapse, oh, and it was rough. Remember? I, that was I think was that the second time when I was super unwell. No, the, you were only on once. No, I came here and recorded, and you're like, "We're not putting this out." No, we did put it out. Great. Didn't we? I think we did put it out. <laughs> I, I think remember. you came here 
Oh, shit. Did we not record that? That was the second one. We didn't record the first one? We recorded the first one, and then I came back for a check-in. And, and we, yeah. And I was just like, listen, I am so unwell. Right. I was like, let's not record. <clears throat> I was like, do you think I should go to rehab? <laughs> what did I say? Probably. D- yeah. Go, so, you'll get good stories for the podcast. So what's happened since then? Uh, oh, my God. So I went to this rehab this summer, and uh, remember, I was like lying to everyone. I told everyone I was visiting my dad. You told me you were visiting your dad. Yeah, yeah, because I posted a clip at, I posted a picture at uh, equine therapy. Yeah. And you were just like, somebody's in rehab, you know? And I was like, no, 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 everything's fine. So I go to this rehab down in Jacksonville, which I don't recommend Jacksonville in the summer. Or maybe, I feel hurt that you lied to me. I lied to everyone. I, I think you were like, I'm at my dad's pool. This is my horse. His name is Charlie. I lied to everyone. Okay, so break it down. I was just down. embarrassed. Why did you go to rehab? Drinking? Um... Yeah, I just really couldn't stop for a period. And my sponsor at the time, who was a comic, who I'm not going to say their name, um, she was just like, you need to go to inpatient. Because I just would go to meetings, drink, go to meetings, drink. I was just like in a place. I was so dark. Was that Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. No, Ellen was like, you're fired. And then she touched me funny. Um, But I, uh, I was just in such a bad place that I was like, I got to that place where I couldn't stop drinking and I just the last I didn't want to drink that I was like being like my whole life would be better if I wasn't here at all like alive and I was just like sat down at my desk and I gave I packed up all my clothes in a garbage bag and threw them on the street like half of them that I just didn't want I started throwing shit out you know typical I'm gonna kill myself get rid of my stuff and then I sat at my desk and I just stared at the wall for like 30 minutes and I was just like either gonna drink or I'm gonna kill myself and I was like, you know what? Last time I tried to kill myself, I couldn't even do it successfully. So I just started drinking. And then I just, it was like, then the next day I called one of my friends, who I'm really grateful for, her and her husband own this rehab. It's called Beaches Recovery down at Jacksonville. And like my insurance is not like covering rehabs right now or you know what I mean? It just wasn't anything. And she was just like, listen, if you want to come to our treatment center, it's a bit rough crowd. However, you can just come for free because they own it. You know what I mean? So That's incredible. How rough was the rough crowd? Like it was not that there's anything wrong with this, but it was just me and a ton of ex-cons. Did like, you fit in? <laughs> no, I tried. I, I mean, I, it was funny, and you know, everyone's dr- most people's drug of choice was fentanyl down there in Florida. Like, you, someone came in and they're addicted to heroin, and they were older, and they were just like, "I do heroin," and some girl was like, "What are you, a grandpa? Right? Who does heroin anymore?" They're like, "I don't, wouldn't even know where to find it down in Florida." And oh, this one dude was speaking at a meeting, and he was talking about how he was doing fentanyl. And he really wanted to start doing heroin again because he missed it. Yeah. So he's like, I had to go all the way to New Jersey so I could start getting heroin again. It's like a record collector or something. Oh, the same dude. He uh, he was uh, he got arrested for something like and he was, and so they had to transport him from a prison to a prison and they put him in the back of a huge truck that was completely black and had him like chained up. And that's how he got transported. Because they, because he couldn't get free to find the old heroin, the yeah, a, the yeah. analog heroin. It was like insane. So before that, like, how bad was it here? What do you mean? Like before you decided to go down to this beaches place, how bad was that summer? Like what? Were, I, like, I went in May. 
so the spring was just, I just had a really hard time. I was just really very lonely and um, I just was like very disenchanted with stand up and uh, my dad was in the hospital for a while over the winter because he got a surgery on his foot and then um, it got infected and the infection traveled to his blood. Mm. So he was in uh, like, uh, what's that really famous hospital down in Ohio, Cleveland Clinic. They had to fly him there from the hospital he was in because it was so bad. And they're like, you have, you know, 12 hours to get here without, because that's the longest you can be without the medicine. And um, he was there for like three months. And I was just like, it made me really sad. My grandmother passed away, who I was really close to right before that. And I I had a bad breakup right before that. And I was just kind of like, you know, it all hit me at once. And I didn't drink through those things. And then all of a sudden, I just had a a breaking point over a tiny thing. The the broken shoelace after all this fucking Is that what you call it? That's what they call it. That's what they say in meetings. They always say broken shoelaces. I never heard that. Broken shoelace problems where they drink. Like all this bad shit happens and they break their shoelace and they relapse. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, It sounds terrible. You know (laughs) what I mean? It sounds terrible. And you seem so good and and level-headed now. Thank you. And I know that we spoke, I want to say it was over the summer we started talking when you were in treatment how long were you in treatment for i was there for two months and did what like did you do equine therapy yeah we did it like twice and then we also it was on the beach so they we'd go surfing a few times a week and there was like a surf instructor so it was really funny because it was me and like my roommates and a bunch of people who had just gotten out of prison and we're all surfing and they're just like you know just so funny about it i was just like where am i I think those are like incredible adventures in this weird way. You're like this fucked up alcoholic with these fucked up ex-con drug addicts and you're trying to be normal and get well and go surfing. What can you just please like I advertise for a rehab every week on the show and I talk about equine therapy every week and I've seen the Sandra Bullock movie where she has to do equine therapy. Okay. Just tell me what it, what you're doing. So basically what you do is you get there at, at this one I went to one equine therapy thing when I was at Promises in Malibu, and it was retarded. Um, we just like chased around a mini pony, and that like, was the equine therapy. They're like, Malibu. "Don't touch the pony!" Just and we're just like pony. chasing him around, and people are like, "I'm gonna have a heart attack! I'm gonna have a heart attack!" And uh, it was just—I don't even remember it. It was so stupid. And then this—it was also like a million degrees, because that was also in like July. I love to go to rehab in the summer, and um, your summer in rehab, right? Where do you Sleep. summer? I call it Big Girl Sleepaway Camp. Right, Hazelden. No thanks. I haven't gone to that intensive a place yet. There's always a yet, they say. Well, what? Okay, so. So at this one, the equine therapy or equine therapy, um, basically they had like four horses. And they said to us up front, the people who trained them, they're also big horseback riders. Some of them are in recovery. Most of them aren't. And um, they said, okay, so we have these four horses. One of them has suffered an extreme amount of trauma. Another horse was severely abused. And then another horse was like a, a, a stallion or something that we found and we had to tame him. So what we're going to do is each horse like that you find is going to, that you interact with is going to bring out a different 
emotion in you. So wow. if you're with the trauma horse, it'll activate your trauma. If you're with the, you know, the abused horse, it'll bring that out, etc. And um, basically, they didn't tell us up front, and we would go around, each of us, like, in, they put us in a ring with all the horses, and, and um, there would be, sometimes there would be, like, a, someone holding the horse who worked there, and you go around, pet them, they'd give us, like, chances to talk to the horse, and you would try to get, at the end, we tried to guess which horse was horse, which was which, and there were, like, some people in it who were, like, so fucking gay about it, like, they were, like, this horse that I pet, <laughs> Brought me back to the ghost of my grandmother. Right. And someone's like, this horse reminds me of being raped. And I'm like, what are we talking? I'm like, this horse just is just reminds me of a birthday party when I'm nine. Right, right, um, right. And then we like guessed, and then we also each set up. So you have to guess the trauma horse? Mm-hmm. Is that the thing? It would be great. It's like one horse is addicted to crack. One horse is, is recovering from fentanyl. And yeah. this, you know, you no, it's like, this horse is N.A. Right. This horse is Al-Anon. Right, right, right. right. Um, and then we made little obstacle courses and we each walked the horse through it and we okay. had to choose the horse that spoke to us. So it doesn't sound like equine therapy really did it for I you. I mean, you don't get to ride the horses and I love horseback riding. What about like in, in, in 28 days later or 28 days or whatever the Sandra Bullock movie mm-hmm. is where she goes to rehab, she, the horse has to like give her his hoof or something. Absolutely not. Nothing like that. Yeah. And like some people were extremely scared of the horses. It was also in Florida in the summer. It was a hundred degrees, and there were mosquitoes everywhere. We were in some woods, and everyone's just dying. All right, you ready for a stupid question? Yeah. Okay. You've been an alcoholic for a long time. Of course. Drug addict for a long time. Yeah. On this circle, of, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I, I, I have been too. So, and a lot of our audience has mm-hmm. too. When you're in treatment for two months, are you thinking like, how do I do this differently? Like, what's in your head? It's an annoying question, so I want no, you to answer no, 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 it as no. honestly as you can. Honestly, by the time I get to treatment, I'm so burnt out and exhausted that I don't even have room for those thoughts. No thought. You're just like, I'm, I'm finally, I'm, I'm okay. I just think I'm in rehab, I'm safe. Because I've been to rehab, you know, 10 times, which is, you know, JV or some, but... I went to this one rehab, the one in West Hampton, and it was like 27 for some people. Right. And I say and a lot. Um, it's okay. We can we can cut out the ands. <laughs> it was just, you know, I get there, and I'm super pumped to be there at first. Or I'm detoxing, and I'm just on tons of Ativan, which I fucking love. I love Ativan, too. When I was at that rehab in West Hampton... They loaded me up with so much Ativan and everyone. This one girl got pushed out to a fire drill in a wheelchair. She couldn't even wake up. And actually, the psychopath asked her out on a date when she was in a wheelchair. Like, second day. But I was on so much Ativan. Like, I was couldn't stop sleeping. I just was like, when will this end? And I even shit my pants. On in, the Ativan? In my bed. Wow. And I, like, had slept on the floor. And I was just like, help, help. And this is in treatment. Yeah. Yeah. You need treatment from treatment. And, and then I was so much out of van in the, when I first, when we, cause we got so fucked up on the way to rehab. So they picked us up in this van. They picked up me and two other guys at wherever they live. And I was the last pickup in this van with this driver from the rehab. I get in the, I get in the van and I had only had like three glasses of wine before the van. And, uh, I get, it's in the, it's like 1 PM. I get in the van. The two dudes in the van are shit faced. 
like this one dude is just handing out cords. He's like, do you need an ox cord? Do you need this? And I'm just like, I'm like, wait, what? That, what is he giving out? Like ox cords. He had a bag, of, like a plastic bag of chargers. Okay. It was clearly all stolen. Okay. And so I get in the van and I'm just thinking, fuck, this is going to be a three hour ride and I'm sober. And I'm around these like fucked up people. This is my last hurrah. I'm never going to drink again after this. So then I tell the driver, I say, oh, I forgot my wallet in my house. <laughs> and he's around the corner. We're right. parked around the corner. And he's like, all right, go get it. So instead, I run to the liquor store. And I buy a thing of tequila and maybe Jack. Like, you know, like, is that called an eighth when it's like that? I don't know. Anyway. Fl- some sort of flask size. And I buy like, two of those. And I put them in my pants and my like underwear. And then I get back in the van. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm I'm ready to be with you guys. And now. then we're in the van and we start driving. The one kid in the front seat got cut off from talking. Oh, and then the two boys are talking about heroin and they're just like, you know, heroin's really changed. It's not what it used to be. In the 1800s, it was so good. So pure. So pure. And <clears throat> now we're stuck with this. And I was like, you weren't alive. <laughs> it seems like wherever you go, people are lamenting the old days of heroin. Yeah. Um, so I had my two flasks and I was just drinking them and then I was, pa- we were passing them around. Um, the guy in the front was on a shitload of Xanax too. And so I keep having to pee cause I'm a girl. So I say, Oh my God, can we pull over so I can pee at the gas station? And then we go to, I go to pee and the two guys come out and I'm peeing behind the gas station cause I don't want to go into the toilet in there. And then they're like, we're blocking you. And then one of them has a bowl and we're just ripping the bowl and we're chugging it. And then. We have, I have to pee again, like an hour later, we pull over again, the boys go inside and grab like a bunch of like uh, uh, tall boys and we get back in the van and the driver's just like, okay, what the fuck is going on? No more stopping. So then every time you stop, you're like doing another. Oh, and then the first time he actually pulled over, we were in this like little town or something. And he was like, in Long Island or Florida, we were driving to West Hampton from Manhattan. That's why I was at my house. And we pull over in this little, maybe it was like queen. I don't know. And we pull over and we're like, we have to go pee. And so he's like, all right, just take like two seconds. So we all get out of the van. I can find some place to pee. One of the other guys goes into a liquor store. I walk into another store with the other guy. He starts buying comic books. And then we go in and he's buying lotto tickets. And He wants the last hurrah, like that ride, before he gets there to have everything he's ever wanted. I know. And then we're back in the van and the guy is getting really upset. Then we pull over two more times to pee. And then when we're getting close, we're like, we're so hungry. Please, please. You're wasted. So he takes us to McDonald's. And I say I have to go to the bathroom. And I look for the gas station nearby to like go buy more alcohol, and I can't find one. So I run into this Japanese sushi restaurant, and I start taking sake shots. This is great. Yeah, and then, and then we go back in the van, and the guy is just so upset, the driver. He's like, this is my livelihood. All of you guys are going to get me fired. I'm right. going to lose my job because of this. And the kid in the front seat goes, I just won $2 on my scratch-off. <laughs> Here you go. He gave him the two bucks. And then we get into rehab, me and the two guys, and we are like so fucked up. We're walking in. They said I walked in like I was in a nightclub. I was like, we were falling into the walls. And, you know, they started like breathalyzing us. I don't even remember what I blew, but it was just so retarded. Um, And then I was asleep for like three days. And then like the first day I'm out of my room, there's like two little bathrooms before you go into the cafeteria. And... 
I'm like walking into walls, you know, like I used to call, we were on Valium, not Adamant at this one. And I used to call, I used to they call. They would give you Valium. Yeah, that's what we were on to detox. So I used to say that I was in Valium Village. Right. And, it's um, a good place to visit. Yeah. And then when you take your sleeping pills, you're in Quillville. Nice. Uh, Sarah oh, Quillville. What's that? What's the other one besides Syroquil? I don't know. Elleville? No, there's a. Have you ever done Elleville? Elleville is a strong fucking drug. No, there's Syroquil, and then there's uh, the Mayor of Quill. Okay, it's, uh, um, no, it's already Princess. Here, give me. A, you're you're. I'm okay. losing a lot of good material. Sorry. Here. So then the Princess of where? Uh oh oh the princess of Trazodonia. Trazodonia. So when I was at Promises in Malibu, me and this boy I was in love with, we'd everyone would take their sleeping meds at the same time, and then we'd go up to the big house and we'd all just eat a ton of snacks and watch Queen of the South. And we'd be on so many pills, and uh, me and this one kid were so fucked up on them the most. And so they would call me the princess of Quillville because I was in Sierra Quill, and we used to call him the mayor of Trazodonia. Nice. Um, it's a royal couple. Yeah. But so back at this rehab, I, I'm on my volume, the one in West Hampton. I'm trying to walk to the bathroom. I'm falling into walls and shit. And I walk into one of the bathrooms and then I walk out. A day later, they call me into the office of the main people. And they're like, we have you on video. You went into the men's room and a boy followed you in and you sold him crack. <laughs> Did and you sell him crack? I don't have crack. I never even smoked crack. Did you say, can, can I see the video? I said, I said, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't smoke crack i'm an alcoholic and and they're like i only sell it i don't smoke it no they're like a boy followed you in and then i just started fake crying i was like are you saying i was raped right <laughs> and uh, they're like whoa 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 we're sorry relax relax i'm like show me the video and they're just like okay we won't show it to you just no more sm- selling crack and i was like i never whatever I want to see the video. I want to see the video of of the boy following you drunk into a bathroom. He ended Did up he- just going into the women's room instead of the men's room. So yes. Um, and then at that, that was the funniest rehab I've ever been to because we had a talent show at rehab. Did I tell you this before? I don't know. We had a talent show at rehab, and everyone there was like this like uh, musical director who was just like this bizarre woman who had probably a lot of cats, and she was just you know sober 30 years and she was always trying to like read poems in the morning and people are just like yelling from the back fuck you (laughs) like this is gay about the poems she was just like everybody please just relax so you she had to approve your talent and what was your talent i wasn't allowed to do stand up because it was too triggering so i sang a song i sang leslie gore you don't own me Okay. And I said, this one goes out to my alcoholism. And I was like screaming. I was like, fuck you, my DUIs. Like, fuck this. Fuck dad. Like, you don't own me. And um, then this one kid goes up and there's a whiteboard and he just writes his tag. That was his talent. His talent. Right. So another girl uh, takes a, a pack of um, of uh, uh, Newport's. And if I guess if you, in the top of it, it, there's a hole so you can put your cigarette on it like a cigarette holder. And she shows everyone that. Nice. And then this huge, fat, black dude, Gregorio, who was older, and he had sleep apnea. He would always fall asleep in group and then snore and wake himself up and be like, who did that? He gets up, and he's like, I'm a, he's wearing a huge, like a big Steelers jersey and his gold teeth, and he, he says he's going to sing a song, and all of a sudden he starts singing Creed with arms wide open. How was he? It was so funny. He was he any good? destroyed. Right. 
So yeah, that's a real summer campy kind of rehab. And then there are people in the back because it was set up like a little theater kind of thing, the cafeteria with all the lights off and a spotlight. There are people in the back who had just come in because the detox was mixed with the regular. Like, so the detoxers are coming into your talent show. Yeah, so they're coming in. This one woman is so fucking drunk, and she's just in the back, like she's at a concert, like like this is sick. People are like <laughs> asleep on value. Yeah, 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 it's the best. Now, did, was there any romance for you at West Hampton? Yeah. Was it lots of romance? Just one guy. Okay, and and did you want how how did it work out? Um, so we didn't have phones at this one, so everyone passed each other notes. Nice, very romantic. So like, and then you'd get like someone else to get the note. You'd leave it like in the salad bar or like in the in the pool table room. It's amazing how high that shit gets you, right? Oh my god! And then like the only place you could make out was the laundry room because that was the only place with no cameras. So like, someone would stand outside and guard, and then you'd make out. And I I fell in love with this guy named Tommy, and uh, Tommy was a huge crackhead, but he was so hot. but he was like had a really bad chipped one front tooth, which was actually ended up being pretty hot. And um, yeah, we ended up like hanging out after he was at uh, I can't oh Phoenix House in Queens. Then I was back in my apartment, and he'd sneak out at night and come over. I remember I brought him to a comedy show, and one of all my friends who are comics were sitting there, and one goes points at him. He goes, "Is he for sex?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." Um, but then he got like super obsessed with me. Uh-oh. I'm usually like the one who gets obsessed with people, but he got like really, really clingy and obsessed and wanted to like marry me. And then he left the Phoenix house and was like, I have to live at your house for oh, a boy. week. And, and what happened? He was horrible. Finally, he started smoking crack again when he left because I like, was like, you got to go. And then he called me and he started blaming it on me. And how did How did you extricate yourself from Tommy? I was just like, get out of my apartment. And he's gone. Yeah. And never to be seen again? No, I never saw him again. How shortly after you got out of um, West Hampton did you drink again? Two months. It was after the Tommy thing. And with this beaches thing, you get out when? In August? End of July, May, June. No, July, like July 8th or something. And how did you do when you got out? I drank the first night. First night? Well, I ended up getting like, I had a big ordeal with the staff. Tell us the story, please. Because, so I was in trauma group, and then I got kicked out of trauma group, which is probably pretty hard to do. Please tell me what happened. Because since I was friends with the owners of the rehab, the head therapist that I would see, because we got our phones here, they all were really paranoid. Do you think it's good to have your phones in rehab or not good? No, I don't think it's good at all. I think it's horrible. So the hall staff, they knew that, like, I was there on the owner, like, the owner sent me there. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> they the, did they resent you that you had a free ride? Yes. The staff. Well, the, no, the staff was more. It was very disorganized at the time because they were moving through a lot of they were doing a lot of switching of, of people who worked there. So it was like kind of a little bit disorganized. It was a great place, but it was just like a little bit all over the place at this one point. Um, a lot of ha- turnover. Uh, so the staff knew I was there for whatever and I knew the owner so a lot of them were really almost paranoid that I was going to say stuff that they were doing like bust them or, or reveal stuff about them like you were a spy yeah so I'm I'm in uh whatever with the head therapist because she's gonna be my therapist the trauma lady and she says to me um what do you text with the owners about she goes I'd like to see your phone and read your text messages wow. with them 
And I say to her, I go, oh, you want to know if I'm texting my friend if she's getting pregnant right now? You want to know this? I said, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. No. And then she said, and she did like another thing to me. Oh. Seems like it would be bold of her to do that at all because you would just go to the owner and that's total violation of your privacy. It's weird. Seems like a dumb move. And then there was like a few other things like one of the guys who was the heads of it, um, he said to me, uh, we were talking about like, you know, when I had checked in with my friend, I was going, they had like written down in the notes uh, that like, you know, kind of I wasn't speaking to my father at the time, but my dad also lives in Florida. So he's just a few hours away. So when I was in the detox part, we didn't have our phones. And I was like, they would let some people make phone calls. And I said to the guy, they're like, who do you want to do? I was like, I really need to make a phone call. Um, they're like, who? I was like, I want to tell my father that I'm in rehab because I hadn't told him yet that, you know, I'm down in Florida and I'm in rehab. Because I just thought, you know, even if we're not really speaking, I think it's uh, still appropriate. It's and good for your dad to know you're in the same state as him. Yeah, like in case there's an emergency or something like that. And there's some comfort. You're like not at home. You're in Florida. Your dad's in Florida. Even if you're not talking to him, there's you know, some comfort. You know, and he's going to check in here and there and be like, where are you? Right. So um, the like the head of the entire thing comes in who hated me. And he is like, why would you need to call your father if you have an estranged relationship with him? Seems like a bit of a lie. Wow. And I was just like, what? Very presumptuous thing to say. And it just, it made me start crying because I was just like, made me feel so uncomfortable and like, you know, violated and just like, made me feel horrible, you know? Um, And then- And that was right when you got there. Yeah. So it set the tone. And then when we were- when I went to the second place, which was like an, uh, it was intensive outpatient, if you will, because we all lived in the same houses and then they would transport us in a van to the treatment center every day. But it was, it was, it was rehab, but we got our phones. And every time we'd be outside smoking cigarettes, you know, at the picnic table, he would come up and like watch me and be like, are you behaving? Wow. Um, Very creepy. Yeah. And then one time he called me into his office and he just started like giving me like, oh, so I had a seizure when I was there because I'm epileptic. I was going to ask you how your epilepsy is doing. Um, because I, sometimes I'll have seizures if I if I don't sleep, for, if I get no sleep. It's like really, you know, bad. And that rehab, I'm chugging coffee and cigarettes and, you know, I'm on tons of pills. And so. And that's bad for epilepsy. No, it's not good. No. And so they put me with like, the, I should, like I'm not allowed to take the sleeping pills, but I was on them anyway. Because I've had two seizures on Seroquel. Okay. Um, and so. They put this girl in my room who uh, has, like, she says, like, a lot of, like, sleep trauma or something. So she'll just scream in her sleep, right? Oh like, PSD God. for sleep. Like, she'll just start screaming in the middle of her sleep. Sleep and, terror. Yeah, and, like, just Night s- terror. Snoring and screaming. So, like, I just could not sleep. Hmm. And so I had, like, a little seizure. And then the girl starts telling the staff, Chloe made it up. She doesn't even have epilepsy. How can they fuck with you if you're friends with the owners, though? Like, did you? I I don't know. And then and then I then they like that guy called me in the office and he was like, "You think you're special? You think you're above everybody because you're complaining about this?" And I was just like, "What are you talking about?" And then he was like, started bringing up my dad again and stuff. And I said to the guy, I stood up when I was leaving and I said, um. 
I hope that you never treat your daughter the way you've treated me. Did he have a daughter? Yeah. And he was just like dead silent. And then he told the rest of the staff he never wanted to meet with me again. Wow. How old was he? 60. Wow. That's interesting. So like there were some ups and downs at beaches. It was a really good rehab. It was a really good place. Like they were, the groups were really good. They took us on like the best adventures, you know, and I don't want to talk any shit about it because it's my friend's place and like I can't be more great. You know what I mean? It's so grateful that I got to go there. Good surfing with ex-coms. That's always good. Yeah, bowling. Equine therapy. Yeah. Were you a good bowler? No, horrible. Any, any romance at beaches? Uh, absolutely not. Okay, good. I had a crush on the surf instructor. All right. Um, you get out and you drink immediately. I know. Break it down. What happened? Because they were just started pulling me. They pulled me in. Oh, so then I'm in the, then I have to do one-on-one with that trauma therapist who was whatever. Was there Ativan at beaches or no? Not for me, but some people. Um, and so I'm doing one-on-one therapy with that woman and then we've done therapy three times and then she hands me a sheet from the dsm borderline personality disorder she goes let's read this aloud you have seven of the nine you have borderline personality disorder and i said to her i said listen lady i will not accept a medical diagnosis from a therapist who is not a doctor who i've met with three times Shut the fuck up. And and she said, that's so borderline of you to say that to me. Right, right. Because it was ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? And then we start talking about my dad and she and my ex, who I'm like, he's kind of a narcissist. And she's like, Chloe, you are also a narcissist. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I start talking. And then like we're talking about more stuff. And we're talking about stand up. And I'm just like, I have a lot of trouble compartmentalizing because I'm this character on stage and sometimes I I get too into it and I don't want to bring I don't want to become my material if that makes sense how does that work though and so I say that to her I was like you know I'm talking about getting dumped I'm talking about being a blackout drunk and then I get off stage and I don't want to be that person so it's hard for me sometimes to navigate you know almost like a double life with it and then she tries to diagnose me with multiple personality Schizophrenia. She she gives you schizo- schizophrenia because of that observation about your work. And then I'm just like, what? So then I have a group meeting with like the whole staff. And I was just like, listen, I had a seizure. It didn't work out. I had this, I had that. And it was just, you know, and then ended up like being like two of the higher ups who were incredible. Like they were so the higher ups and they didn't know that any of this was going on. And they were just like so had so much sobriety and were just like really great at their jobs. But I was just at a point where I was like, I got like, I was already in the fuckets. So I was just like, I don't care. I'm leaving. So you just left. And my, um, one of my best friends lives in Jacksonville. So I just left and went to her house. Did you drink right as soon as you it got there? It was pouring rain. I it's told, a lot of rain in these stories. Yeah, today. it was like a downpour. And I told the driver, I was like, drop me off in this little, in the town this little tiny town that was actually really nice because I'm meeting her at a restaurant and he's like, okay, which was a lie. And he drops me off and then I see him watching from the van. Right. And then finally I walk in and then I see him leaving and then I walk across the street and I go into a bar and I just start drinking. And there's like some, some woman there and like her tennis whites who's clearly going through a divorce. Who's just like, won't shut up. And I start drinking and then I get an Uber 
to my friend's house. It was like a downpour. Like there was the streets were flooding. Power went out. I think though, I think I'm really interested in the, the thing you were just talking about in terms of like, they say all alcoholics and addicts, uh, live a double life, right? You, mm-hmm. you present one way. And, and, and meanwhile, you're using drinking crazy, this and that. And then you talk about your persona on stage, which is an awesome persona. Um, but it's born from your real life. Yeah. Then when you want to get well, it's mm-hmm. like, how much of this do I want to hold on to? Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with that? And, and how does anybody in stand-up deal with that? I don't know yet. How have you been dealing with it? I, I just haven't. I've just been bombing on stage now because I'm so sick of that stuff that I just have trouble delivering it because I'm so bored of it. I'm trying to figure out who I am, and I'm just having a hard time. Well, I, I respect that. I guess what I'm asking, though, is when you... I guess you're answering me. You you do this fucking material, you do this material, and you get off the stage, and you're so you're trying to be sober. Is it weird to have the material be... It's like you're almost like your material is your past, and your present doesn't match the past. Is mm-hmm. that what makes it so hard? For me right now, that's what's making it hard, because... I am also, as I said, I just feel like there's so many voids right now in my present. So what are we doing to fill the voids? I All I've been doing is going to AA in the gym. That's all I do. And I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I've started doing? And it's going to sound like, I think I would, I would never say it sounds gay, but I'm sure you would say it sounds <laughs> gay. Which is I'm doing this morning pages thing. Yeah, I heard about that in the artist way. Yeah, I'm fucking doing it every... I've written like... I don't know. I've done it since the second week in December. And wow. So it's a month. So I have a like, you know, some writing. It's mostly horrible. But it's making me feel pretty good. I'm like drinking this much fucking water. I'm That's exercising. I'm fucking meditating. I'm praying. And I'm writing three pages a morning. And this is really working. Yeah, I mean, I pray every day. Like I try to do it twice a day and I can, and I've been meditating. I medit. I go at my gym. I, when I go in the sauna, I put on a meditation. Nice. So that's like how I've, you know, cause sometimes I'm like too lazy to do it. So I always just do a 10 minute one in the sauna. And, um, but I pray every day, you know, I just say like, I want the willingness to like have a great career, the willingness to not drink, the willingness to fall in love you know, that's how I've been praying, which I don't even know is correct because I know you're not supposed to pray like, dear God, like, give I me need, a boyfriend. I need a new washing machine, God, please. Yeah. Give God, it give me. me a man. Right. Um, <laughs> but in in a way, it's funny because they say don't pray for yourself because it's like it's selfish, whatever. So when you try to pray around yourself, it's just it just feels like you're manipulating God. Right. So what do, what do you say? I told you just now. I say, like, God, give me the willingness. My sponsor says, ask God to show you the path. That's it? That's it. Dear God, show me the path. What I do is, and and whatever, this is whatever it is, I put my head against the ground like a total Muslim. <laughs> I do. Every day. You're like, ah, ah, ah. No, I don't do that. And then I say, God, uh, show me the path. Uh, guide, and then I do a little one of the, st- the step prayers, like guide me in my recovery, show me how to live. I don't know that one. And then I do, uh, I just pray for the people I don't like. And I say, God. Do you know the sick man's prayer? No. But I say, I say, God, give so-and-so all the love and compassion that you so freely give me. And I go through my head and I think about anybody that's annoying to me mm-hmm. and I do it for them. And um, 
I don't know. It's working. Really? It's working. How so? I feel pretty good. So on page 67 in the big book, it's... You doubt? I'm, <laughs> you just moved right past me Well, because there's a sick man's prayer. Okay. Which is like, dear God, like, this is a sick man. Please pray for him the way I would feel about anyone else who's sick. Best prayer out of all of them is the is the eleven step prayer. I don't know what's that. It's like the Saint Francis prayer. Oh yeah, yeah. Help me to be understood rather than or to under be understand rather than understood. That I, one. I actually loved it because down in Florida, everything we didn't do the Serenity prayer. We just did the Lord's prayer. That's yeah. They did it every meeting. It's hardcore. I loved it. Why do you love it? I don't know. I just like, it's just like, I never went to church when I was growing up and all my friends did and they always wanted to go to church. I like was like dying to go to church. And so I didn't even know the Lord's prayer. We used to say it in school and everyone knew it except for me. So I'd just be there like, like faking the Lord's prayer. And then I finally learned it at like a rehab and I just love it. I like, I would love to do it in every meeting. At my I, at my meeting, we do a lot of the Lord's Prayer, but like if we don't, there are some hardcore people who get pissed really? when someone else says, "Let's close with the Serenity Prayer." So, did AA start with the Lord's yeah, Prayer? That's yeah, how it was, and yeah. then the people are like, "That's not my religion." That's, yeah, yeah, that's too Christian for me, kind of. But it, it's all bullshit because isn't aren't Jews like originally Christians? No, Christians are originally Jews. Yeah, whatever. So yeah. aren't we just all on the same path? And we're all just praying to God. I can't think of a phrase. That, I mean, like, people fucking hate the Lord's Prayer. They hate it. There are people who listen to the show, like, who are, they say they're religiously traumatized and the Lord's Prayer fucks them up. I like saying the Lord's Prayer because I never said it and it makes me Same feel like me. I'm, I'm established. That's like, it gives me, like, spiritual credibility. Exactly. I, that's what I, I was say saying. Exactly. exactly. I'm same level. Um, but uh, I want you to do well. Thank so you. So what the fuck? Or do you have a sponsor? I have an amazing sponsor. She's been my sponsor for like six years. She's so cool. I want like exactly what she has. However, you know, every time I go to a treatment center or do something crazy, I'd be like, hey, just so you know, like I got a new sponsor who like aligns better with me and is really strict or whatever. And my sponsor is like, okay, Chloe. And then every time I end up coming back to her because she's just like, I just like, she just knows me so well and she's just really smart and level-headed and there's a lot of sobriety and she tells me exactly what I need to hear basically and it's been it's been a few months since that treatment how has it been going it's good I did ketamine therapy how was it It, I got they so the one I did was I didn't do it with someone in the room who guides you I did it by myself you did it at a club yeah right because it's way cheaper that way um and the way some of them are uh some of them, they do like an IV, so it goes in slowly. But the place I go to, they just, you know, take a needle, a syringe, and just shoot it in your arm. That's how I would like it. So, yeah. So, within within three minutes, you're fucked up. Right. I was, like, great. I was tripping so hard on K. And it's pure K. Because I'm used to street K, which yeah. who knows what's in it. But this is pure K. Uh-huh. And I'm just out of my mind. Yeah. And then they have a camera, they're watching you, and they can like say something into the room. And the doctor goes, Chloe, stop texting. <laughs> <laughs> and like you can put on music with a speaker. I'm just putting on like Avicii. Right. 
So basically, like, I had so much fun. So you're in this room by yourself with your phone, and that's the ketamine therapy? Dude, it was insane. It doesn't sound like, it sounds like you're just tripping on ketamine in a room with your phone. I was, and I got, like, I guess I'm really sensitive to, to drugs. To ketamine injected into you? So after uh, the first time I did You're, like, it, tiny. How could you not be affected by someone shooting you up well, with ketamine? Well, they shoot it up to you, and then the doctor asks, like, are you feeling it? And, of course, I lie. It's like, and no, give I me a lie. shot. Of my, I'm like, now hit the neck. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm not feeling it at all anymore. So he doses me with a, another thing of it. And by that time, I start, I'm projectile vomiting. This is like my favorite story I've ever heard. No, I'm projectile vomiting. Just hold up one dying. second. How much time did you have sober when you decide you need the ketamine injection? Two months. I love this. And then you get in there to get the depression treatment and you're like... I- I don't feel it. I need another hit. Yeah, and I'm then I start pro- like I'm throwing like up. I'm like I'm like in a like this, and then I, I go into a K hole, and I'm in my head thinking like I can't. I don't know what my face is. What is reality? I don't know what people are. What is Earth? We don't even belong here. Yes. My ex-boyfriend is the devil. Tom, like, about Tommy? Did Tommy come into your head? No, no. I'm so over that, and I'm just losing my shit. Like my trip, everything is going black. It's like black clouds all around me. They say that ketamine is a because I, I had these these people. They're nice people. They actually went to DopeyCon. They wanted to sponsor DopeyCon, right? Yeah. Then they wanted to sponsor Dopey. What they wanted to do at DopeyCon is set up a virtual reality machine that makes you feel like you're high on ketamine at DopeyCon. Whoa! I know. Should have done it. I just couldn't do it. And then I didn't take them on as sponsors because I just, there's too many people that are, you know, sober. And I, I just, I didn't do it. You know, I've reached, I've, um, I've said on maybe my own podcast, which I do so rarely that, you know, I started ketamine therapy and I've had tons of DMs saying, I just started it. It's changing my life or I really want to do this. And thank you for talking about it. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So they say that you're opening up the hood, mm-hmm. you know, of your head, of your brain, and you get to see how you are, mm-hmm. like patterns and, and, and tweak little things. Was that your experience? Because it sounds like you just got really fucked Honestly, up on ketamine. I feel like I have trauma from ketamine. And then the <laughs> next time I did it. You need it, to get ketamine treatment for your ketamine treatment. Seriously. And then the next time I did it, I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. And I can barely see. I pretend I'm fine because I want to go home. And I'm like bumping into the walls. And I walk onto the street, and then all of a sudden, I just start like projectile vomiting. Again, Proje- different, you're definitely allergic. You're allergic to projectile ketamine. vomiting. And there's a policeman there, mm. and he says to me, uh, "Miss, do you need me to call an ambulance?" And I was just like, "Nah, bro, I just got out of ketamine <laughs> therapy. I'm just on my journey." And he just is like, "All right, I'm out of here." That's that's very funny. I, I think say, you should do that. You don't do that at stand up. Well, that's they, like the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. They say in it, they're like, this cures addiction. It cures this, but like after I did ketamine, I just wanted to do more ketamine. Right, of course, it's a great drug. I when I interviewed these people, I said, what if I'm a ketamine addict who got sober and I'm depressed and I want ketamine treatment? Is that a relapse? I mean, they said we need to study the data. I mean, dude, I was doing so much ketamine in the pandemic. Right. I remember one time I was doing K at my friend's house, and then I had to. Go, I went home and I was like, "Can I have a doggy bag?" 
she gave me like a doggy bag of K and I went home and just like did it all. And that's when I painted my desk for News for Women when I was on ketamine. You are that person. You are the person I asked about. You are the ketamine addict who's getting ketamine treatment for your depression I from said, ketamine. Yeah, I said to the doctor once when he came in, I, he was like, how's it going? I was like, doctor, I feel like I'm the most fucked up person at this party. And he goes, you are the only person. And this, this is not party. a party. Oh my God, that I love that. Is that bad that I think that's so funny? No, because it's just I don't need to be doing. Ke- I wanna- when's the last time you did ketamine therapy? Uh, November. And what does sponsor say? My sponsor just goes, "Oh God." Right, I can see. Oh, that. she goes, "Oh God, Chloe." Right. And then I was on on New Year's Eve. I was on stage, and uh, some girl who I guess is a fan, she threw me. A thing of Nutella shrooms. No way. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. You're like Jerry Garcia. I was like, I'm having a dinner. And and then she DMs me a few days later and she was like, Hold I, on. She throws you psilocybin mushrooms with Nutella. It's a Nutella. Yeah. And did you eat them? Yeah. Okay. And? And whatever. And, uh, and then she DMs me and she's like, I have like a farm or something where we're growing, I don't even shrooms and, um, I'm starting, I'm doing microdosing. So I, if you want, I want to send you, uh, you know, microdosing packets for free. Cause I just know. Just like, mention it on Chloe's women's news and I'll send you the microdosing. For yeah. She was really cool. I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Okay. Cause we started this conversation whole vast hole what are you doing blah 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 all that stuff but at the same time ketamine mushrooms do you think that that fucks with your ability to get better and i did a lot of i i did acid like five weekends in a row when in recovery yeah in october what how i didn't drink who were you doing acid i started doing it you seem like a very unlikely person to be doing acid five weekends in a row it's my favorite drug okay so tell me i have acid in my apartment Okay, is it liquid acid? No, it's a little like a, a little blotter thing. Um, it's actually like this like black square that's like a diamond. It's like this little hard thing. I found when I was at in Vegas recently, I met a drug dealer. Or I found a drug dealer, and he sold me acid. How much did you get? I got like eight tabs. So you got eight tabs, and you brought them back. Well, no, I only have one because I use them all. Why did you think it was okay to trip acid while you were sober? Because I had done ketamine therapy. Because you were like, what the fuck? I broke the seal. No, I was just like, you know, these are healthy drugs. I'm not doing coke, which I did. Um, Which you did anyway. Yeah, I'm not doing coke. I'm I'm not drinking. These are supposed to expand your mind. There's all these treatments for it. You know, and I was just kind of like, honestly, at that point, I just was like, I am so miserable being sober. And my life... I don't want, I don't want to, I want to be able to do fun shit sometimes. Like, Would you say the promises aren't coming true? No. I, I was like, I just want to do fun shit. Like, I, I want to have fun. I'm allowed to have fun. I'm sick of being, standing at a party and just like faking it and wanting to go home and like, just like grinding my teeth. I was just kind of like, I want to have fun. I want you to have fun too. I desperately want you to have fun. Somehow I have fun and I'm not, and I'm sober, but I am old. I have kids and stuff. But yeah, maybe the promises aren't coming true because I don't have a career. I no, don't have it, a boyfriend. No, uh, the reason, do you want me to tell you why the promise? Please. Because you, you're not thoroughly fucking doing everything. 
I just said that, dude. No, you just said you don't have a career. Yeah, because I don't know. It's not coming true. It says rarely have we seen someone fail. Oh, come who on. Thoroughly, thoroughly. Come done on, it. Bill W. I'm telling you how it is. You're saying that you have this shit happening. If I go to another meeting and a guy with 30 years is like, I want a drink. I come to AA every day. I'm going to be like, go fuck yourself. Do you see how happy, joyous, and free I am? No, because you could be just living a lie. What lie? I don't know. Maybe this is your dual personality. No, I'm aligned. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm on the beam. I'm aligned. Okay. Listen, I... You're in the vortex. I'm in the fucking vortex, but I would love the ketamine treatment with the acid on the side. I would love that, but I can't do it because if I do it, I'm like... You don't know. You never know. I can't do it. See, I'm not doing a good thing on this podcast. I'm really promoting the opposite. I think or you, I I'm think actually... I think you're doing great. I'm helping people because they realize I have no boyfriend and no career. It's not about boyfriend and career. That's all I care about. It's, that's the problem. And being hot. It's, well, it's the void. The void is the top of it. Isn't the void the top of it? All of that shit gets filled when you get rid of the void. Yeah, uh, you have the whole void out. No. No, dude. I do not have the whole void out. I, I have void, but I avoid the void with constant work. How often do you go to meetings? I don't know, like three days a week. I've been going every day. But I don't do, I don't like take, I don't inject ketamine and take acid on the weekends and, um, and Coke. I don't, I hate Coke. Listen, we don't need to compare programs. We need to, what is, what's, we don't need to, we need to, uh, what do you do then? You don't compare. You despair. No, you don't despair. You, uh, relate. We, yeah, something like that. You relate. Take what you need and leave the rest. No, leave. you don't do that. What I'm saying is like, listen, I believe in you. Thank you, dog. I fucking believe in you. I think you're fucking funny. Yeah. I think the fucking shit can happen for you. I think you need to put more work in. Uh, maybe maybe not AA. I don't care if you fucking do AA. I need to put more work in. You got to do something else. You know what? In my head, I'm thinking about the AA program in the way like, because I haven't been doing drugs lately, and I'm thinking about it like, if I go to AA every day and just go to the gym, take care of myself in that way, like everything will happen for me. I believe But it. it's not. No, because nothing's happening. How many days have you done it? I've done this for like 30 days straight. Do it 90. Do it 90 and then you come back on the show. Okay. You do it 90 days and then I want you to add a few things. You want to hear what I want Please. you to add? I want you to add the morning pages thing mm -hmm. and I want you to write something else later in the day. Like a joke. You're a writer. Yeah. You can write. Yeah, you wrote a, a fucking play. I'm working on a script too. You work on that. This is what I want you to do: a meeting every day for ninety days. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to the audience who doesn't like meetings. Chloe goes to meetings. If you didn't mm -hmm. go to meetings, I wouldn't suggest. It's this. the best open mic in New York. Okay, exactly. <laughs> I, you should. I kill. I, I would. I would bomb at a Dude, club. I murder at meetings. At the meeting, I'm like fucking. I'm serious business mm -hmm. at the meeting. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's like I'm fucking serious business. Hell yeah. But I want you to do ninety and ninety with meetings. I want you to write. I want you to go to the gym. I want you to call three people that are sober every day. Uh, I'll, I'll text them. Call them. No, they have I'll, jobs. Call them anyway. You don't just talk to them. You just have to call them. And if they don't answer, it's fine. It's fine. Do this for 90 days and do something you like as often as you can. And you will, it will get better. And then I'll get a career and a boyfriend? Yes. Promise? I promise. In I, 90 days? I, I give it 120. But 90, you should feel better. Uh, can I lose three pounds? I'm sure you can do that. <laughs> I'm sure that can happen for you. How do you feel? Do you feel good? I'm having a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing this. I had a lot of fun, too. You made yeah. me laugh. I had, I had a good laugh. Which, good, which me too. 
I rarely get a good laugh. You I had a big show. laugh at one yeah, point. The ketamine gave Yeah, that I, got you. I think ketamine's really funny. You know what's interesting about me is all my friends say, they say when I just have regular conversations, I sh- say shit that they think is so funny. And then I go on stage and I'll say stuff that's not as funny. And they're always just like, why don't you just write down the things that you say that are insane? Because to me, I don't think they're funny. I just think it's life. I think, how often are you doing uh, stand-up? I go through phases like I was doing it like five days a week and then other like right now I'm just doing it like never like two days a week. I think you should get up every night. I should even I can even go to an open mic. I think you should get up every night. I did this really shitty club the other night. It's like a restaurant that has like a stage in the back that it's been around forever and the owners like this kind of like 50 something year old dude and uh, I bombed my set. And he watched, and then he came up to me after. I was dressed like a homeless person, too. Nice. He comes up to me after, and he goes, I don't think you're funny, but I want to fuck you. Okay. And you were like, what did you say just to that? Like, I was just like, get. It was like the first time I ever felt sexually harassed, actually. And I, he licked the side of my face. Yuck. And I was just like, it was just so disgusting that made me disenchanted, too. But I told some of my friends, I was like, is this weird? And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry that happened. That's not good. And I just was like, okay, you know what? My friend who was there goes, you know, he only asked me for a hand job, so you should consider <laughs> fucking right. a compliment. Right, right. You're big flattery. But I want to say one other thing. Oh, I, I want you to absorb this. You're mm-hmm. young and you're talented. Thank you. So just listen, all right? I was talking to my friend about this this morning. It's something that I think about a lot. We all have things we want mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. And and when they don't happen, we're like, what the fuck? Or you see somebody who like wants to get sober or shows up at meetings sometimes and then they die. You know what I oh mean? Oh God, yeah. I'm not that trying happened to de- at my treatment center this summer. I'm Two not trying died. to depress you. Um, what I'm saying is like just because we want something, and this is going to sound very obvious, but I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Just because we want something, it doesn't mean we get it. But you have this opportunity and talent to put the time in to be great. Like if you fucking go every day and you do the shit I'm talking about, you're going to be great. Thank Not good. I, I do have this thing in my heart where I'm like, I'm going to be great. I'm going to like help people. I'm going to make people laugh. I need to do it. Like I, that, that's what I want. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have to happen. That's the problem. This is, this is really the point. We can be great. If we put the work in. But if we don't put the work in, it might not happen. It's not going to happen. It's not the definite. It's not. It's very unlikely that you're going to be who you want to be if you don't put that fucking work in. Yeah. Like fucking Kobe Bryant. Like there's basketball players who were as athletically talented as him or whatever, but he would get to town Mm -hmm. and he'd fucking go to the gym for four hours before the game. Or Jerry Garcia would would practice all day. Yeah, I was talking to a, a, an older comic who has been sober for a long time and just he's successful and he's been on the scene forever and he said to me was it rich voss no colin Gwynn? no okay uh i'll tell you after it doesn't matter i'm sorry you'll know him. Okay. and <clears throat> we were having dinner and we were just talking about Did he like the side of your face no 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 he's a really good guy i'm just playing yeah yeah he's just like is always checking in on me and seeing like am i doing like how i'm doing and stuff like no creepiness there um and he said to me he said I have seen so many talented comics come through who just ruin their career with drinking. So many people that are the fun, some of the funniest people I've ever seen do stand up just never make it. 
because and they should have made it, but they never made it because they just didn't stop drinking. Well, I'm talking about the flip side of that. That's you, what I'm saying. So he was just like, it's it's one of the saddest things to see and also one of the most motivating things to see. What I'm saying, though, is that, yeah, like I'm not I'm saying, yeah, if you drink, like chances are you'll have a worse career than if you don't. But I'm saying because you're not drinking, because you live in Manhattan, because you're on the scene. Mm-hmm. M- Get out there. Fucking sharpen your shit up because you're going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Sharpen that shit up. Do you feel motivated? Do you I feel do. All, I do. do I feel, feel good. I'm going to go to an open mic right now. Do you feel all fired up? I do. I do. I had a lot of fun chatting with you. All right, Chloe. Well, I'm glad you came. And uh, and I'm I, in 90 days, you're coming back. And we're going to get the report. Can you get all your fans to follow me so I can get famous? I don't think... I, yeah. Follow Chloe. She's amazing. Chloe, at Chloe LeBranch on Instagram. You guys, I need you. What else? What else can they do? They can just do that. I have a YouTube channel and I just do the Instagram. What so. I want you to do. What? Is why don't you come on the show every once in a while with a recurring news segment? Okay. Because you do that anyway. Yeah, I will. It will grow your brand. And All it will right, be good I'm for down. Dopey. I love it. All right, cool. Let's Thanks. do it. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Right on. All right. So that was Chloe. Chloe. Shout out to Chloe. What'd you think? She's fucking hilarious. Shout out to Chloe. Did you think she's hilarious? I think she's a funny chick. Yeah, I wonder if that rehab she went out to in West Hampton was Seafield. Of course it was. It's got to be, right? Of course it was. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, I've been fucking... They fucking kicked me out of there more than once. Why? More than once. Why? One time, the first... I was just a fucking dickhead. And you know how they say, oh, go to Adam They give you Adam and stuff. Like, like when I do any sort of benzo, I get a little fucking crazy, you know? How so? Like, I fucking get pretty reckless. Like, I, like I, I don't have anxiety. You know, I just kind of get kind of reckless. Like, I don't really give a fuck about, like, anything. I love benzos. Yeah, you know, I fucking... I can't I, I, do them. I, 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 well, I love them. They were, I'm so neurotic. You know that yeah, the, that the benzo, you would the benzo, like, benzo. like it's like that puts me right in the sweet spot. <laughs> if I think of, last time I took a benzo, so I brought a clock reckless? to McDonald's. What? Last time I took a benzo, you brought a clock. I to brought McDonald's? a Glock. Oh, Glock! A Glock to McDonald's and made a video and said, and you know how you get mad hungry. All right, so I ate half a bar. I was not. I blame this for not doing opiates. So fucking. It's bad. I've been in two accidents because of not doing opiates, all right? This is one of them. I fucking, I didn't do opiates, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to try to, like, chill, and I'll do a Xan. And I know, all my friends know, everyone knows. You're one of these people that when you do benzos, you steal and fucking I, I pillage, fight, I go fu- Yeah, I go bananas. Yeah, yeah, I, All my friends it's know. because you're naturally loosey-goosey. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, like, extra loosey-goosey. So they you, all know, don't give Jay Xan. So what like, happens? So I fucking take half a bar. I'm fucking laying in bed, not doing opiates, like probably feeling like shit. Let me take half a bar. Now I'm fucking. Because you were probably in some kind of like, withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not no bitch. So I'm going to take the other half, you know? You take half a bar. Yeah. What the what fuck? So I take the other half and I'm laying down and I knew it started kicking in because I was fucking starving. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm hungry. You I, know? Good, I like that feeling. Yeah, 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 like it's hitting, it's yeah, hitting. Yeah, because you're so loose that you can eat. <laughs> so I like that, I'm yeah. like, fuck it. So I get in the fucking car. It's the Acura I had, the other Acura. And I get in the car. I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up now because I don't take Xanax ever. I grab When was this? This was fucking right when I came home. Like so this is right before ago. everything was yeah, really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably like a year ago, yeah, because I was trying to get off. I just got out of jail. I'm trying to stop doing opiates. I just got busted, you know, like, oh, let me take a Xanax. So I fucking grabbed my Glock, 
no idea why. And I go to McDonald's on Locust right over there. I fucking, I fucking make a video. I said I want two strawberry banana. I only How know do you this. Make the, you're holding the I'm phone. I'm holding the phone on like the right here. On the person. Like on, on my, like on my knee at the drive-through window. Oh boy. Like on my knee, like just above the window. So oh, the camera. Oh Where's this video? I don't know. I don't have it anymore because my bad. phone got confiscated. Okay. Yeah. But um, so I take this video. I'm fucking got the thing holding up right there, and I and I say I want two. And I only, I only know this because I saw the video. I was like, I want two strawberry banana smoothies, and I they want. They make smoothies at McDonald's. Yeah, they're fire. All right. I haven't had one in quite probably since then, but uh, but, <laughs> but I didn't even get to drink it. You I know? love this story. So I fucking I'm like, let me get two strawberry banana smoothies, and let me get six cookies heated up. Chocolate the, chip? Chocolate chip. They heat it up? They heat bro, How are those? Game changer. Really? Are they Heating a, up the cookies. But how are they at McDonald's? I never had the a... The best. Really? The best. Heat them up. The best. And they'll just heat them up? They'll heat them up. How do they do it? Microwave? Probably. But it's still happening. It's worth it. Okay. Yeah, it's all happening. All right. And then I'm like, six cookies heated up. Click, you know, cock the Glock and say, they better be heated up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm did you old. pull it? Um, no, or did no, they no, just, just the made the sound for the, you know? And did they hit, oh, you did that to the box. To the box. <laughs> <laughs> I was zannied out, bro. And then what happened? I'm like, fuck it. Was that so, the plan? Did you bring the Glock just no so you plan. could threaten with the cookies? No plan. I didn't even know where I was going when I left my house. Oh it was so late. I was and like, fuck it. And then what happened? So I go get my fucking cookies. I got my strawberry banana smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> two of them. I don't even know why I got they two of them. better be here. I got two of them, And then you fucking cock it. Now. I, you know that that uh, McDonald's over there. Yeah. So I with the nice with the nice arch. Yeah. yeah. So I fucking pull out, and there's like that shopping center, that Best Value, whatever the fuck, that big shopping mart, whatever, right next to McDonald's on Locust. I just this is all I remember. The video's done now, so this is what I remember. I remember fucking eating some cookies, like looking down, like kind of nodding, but not really. Fucking shit. I've got a strawberry banana smoothie in one hand, the cookies on my lap, Glock in between my legs, and I'm grabbing cookies with my right hand. Strawberry banana smoothie on left with the left hand. Nobody's steering. I don't know. I fucking your I, knee is you're steering with you're knees. driving. Yeah, yeah. I'm moving and, and shooting video. I'm moving. Yeah. I'm moving. Yeah, yeah. I fucking I'm moving and I fucking I just remember looking down like eating a cookie before I knew it. Boom, bro. Fucking, fucking whole shit smashed in. I've got I'm in a but you smash the car. Smash it in. Ready? So I'm in a fucking a champion sweatshirt like a light blue one. I've got strawberry banana smoothie. All over my fucking face, <laughs> cookie, uh, shit everywhere. The one in the extra strawberry and banana smoothie all over my fucking car. I'm like, fuck, what the fuck was that? And then I look up and there's fucking like dirt. My windshield was like cracked. It like completely fucking shelved in, bro. Fucked it up bad. And I fucking open my car door and dirt just falls on my fucking head. <laughs> what do crack? Mad dirt. It's like one of these mountain things. Those flower pots that like stop you from like. Crashing in the storefront, like those big at the flat targets got them, like those big beds of dirt and yeah, those concrete yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I fucking have strawberry banana smoothie all over me. And I get out of the car and dirt falls on my head. And I'm like, I remember that. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is this? Now I've got dirt stuck to strawberry banana smoothie all over my fucking new hoodie, you know? So I'm fucking pissed. And I'm st I'm fucking pissed now. I'm livid. I'm like, what the fuck was that? What the <laughs> fuck? Who Dude, did that? Out with the gun <laughs> yeah, in your I'm hand. like, yo, what the fuck? So I call my boy Kev. And I'm like, yo, Kev, I don't know what the fuck to do, bro. I just crashed my fucking shit. But he's like, bro, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. He's <laughs> like, I, I'm all zanned out. He's like, are you all right? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm good. Fucking, it turns out the car drove. 
It was driving. So you drove home. I drove it to fucking re- to the gas station, left it there. You left know? it. Yeah, because those are the homies, you know. It's like the bodega, like you know. So I left it there. They took care of it. Took care of it. What the one by the train? Yeah, right those there. Those are your people. Yeah, those yeah. are my people. Yes. Yeah, he's watched me growing up faster than my dad. That guy, you know, I've known him for like twenty years or something. So I fucking park the car there and I walk home with a Glock. I, I don't remember any of this. In I, your hand? In my hand. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Walk home. Probably sh- fire. I, I'm fucking. You think you were firing shots I do. in the air? I'm pretty sure. I was fucking pissed. I was zannied out. I was fucked up. And it's not a far walk. You know, no. it's like it's it's a fucking seven a lot minute of sh- walk. A lot of shots can get fired <laughs> yeah. into the sky on that walk. Though. I was like, fuck this shit. Pow. I was fucked up. That's the last time I did Xanax. And uh, that's an amazing story, though. Yeah. Fuck See, aren't you, isn't it better now? <laughs> Isn't it better now? Night and day. Um, that's what I was gonna say before. Like, especially with you, because you're young and you're fresh. You're also fucked. You know fucked. what I mean. But like, do I lose credibility being 48 and seven years off of drugs, doing the podcast on drugs addiction? I think and dumb you shit? gain credibility. You know. Because I can, because I have both sides of the You're story. You're on the other side now, yeah. But, but, but I, if, if you listen, I listen to the first couple pods, bro. I listen yeah. to the first couple. You're fucking. I'm fresh. It, <laughs> you're I'm fr- fresh yeah. back then. And you're like, if this is about fucking recovery, Fuck it, I'm yeah. fucking done. Right. The day right. this- but it's like we have you grow. We we've grown, and uh, and I'm very 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 grateful like for sure like grateful we've grown and like jay was like how long did it take to get listeners and yeah. it's like it took forever as yeah. long as we've done Just it kept your nose to the grindstone but the fact is like that story it still fucking rings. cracks me up still rings it yeah. just it just i'm still in it um <laughs> i want to end it here we gotta i gotta get my kid out of gymnastics Shout out to i mean that's how fucking responsible i am i'm you're a fucking point. workaholic yeah though. that's what i'm, I'm all you're about fucking it. kids at gymnastics you're doing work in the car but i love it you love it i love it so jay thank you thank you i can't wait till the next one because i have the mystery email for you oh fuck on the next one the fucked up mystery email. oh yeah it's fucking the email you don't want me to tell read. me that's brad bro I'll fucking no you know who it is uh-oh you know who it is it's that steph Filazola. shut up no 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 we're not reading that next week no 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 on dopey we're not reading that so now i'm back in the dopey studio this is a real old school kind of hit him with the dopey kind of episode. I think it's the kind of episode Chris would have loved. I got a voicemail from uh, one of Chris's oldest and best friends. Uh, and we used to talk about him. Chris would call him Teflon because one time at Katz's, Leonardo DiCaprio came in and I, I gave him a dopey card, actually. I wonder if Leonardo DiCaprio still has that dopey card. But I said that Leonardo DiCaprio basically looked at me. He, he, he dealt with my interaction as though he was Teflon. And then Chris's friend, whose name is also Dave, said that, uh, I don't know, somehow he became called Teflon Dave. I don't remember his, he, he liked that. He liked the idea of being Teflon and not interacting. But he sent in a voicemail about a dream he had around, about Chris. And I wanted to play it here. So anyone who's still listening, uh, before I play it, send in a, a voicemail or an email. Let me know that you're listening to the end of the show. My dad, if you're curious, is about to embark or disembark on a cruise from Argentina to Antarctica. 
he uh, it was his birthday the other day. I think me and Jay mentioned it earlier. So I want to wish my dad a happy birthday. I want to wish him a bon voyage. I hope he's listening to Dopey on the cruise. I hope he survives this insane journey to the bottom of the earth. And now here's Teflon Dave. And uh, if you remember who Dave is, write that in the email too. Send it to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Here's Teflon Dave. Hey, Dopey Nation. This is uh, Teflon Dave, which you wouldn't really know that unless you're a longtime listener. I'm one of Chris's old friends, and uh, I have several things to say. Not many of them, you know, are uh, anything uh, groundbreaking, but I will say this. Two things. One, Dave, do an amazing job with the podcast going forward. I always sort of felt that you had a knack for this as far as being an interviewer. I like your frame of mind. I really respect and admire your your questions. Your ability to um, make fun of Chris is legendary and hilarious and highly appreciated by me, one of his old, old friends. Uh, <clears throat> I knew Chris since uh, eighth grade when he came in um, from Arizona. Nobody knew who this guy was. He was sweating profusely uh, throughout um, for several weeks. And then <laughs> later we found out it was because he was robo-tripping nonstop. Um, and, and still um, passing, excelling every once in a while failing but most of all uh succeeding and that was another thing that i was just shocked by his ability to get a 1590 on the sats while drunk and uh, he's one of my best friends of all time uh so real sad to see him go but this is because uh recently um last night actually i had a dream with chris was in my dream Oki, I call him from back in the day. And Oak Dog, he's in my dream, just clear as day. And you know how dreams are. Uh, this one, I knew that, you know, in reflection, I had gotten, I had woken up and gone back to sleep several times and like back into the dream. And Chris was there and it was just me and him. And we were on the backside of a party. There was some sort of event that was going on in the building that we were in and they were they were you know unseen but it was it was known and it was just just around the corner and outside of a door or whatever so we're like around back and there's the there's the awareness of the all-seeing eye like someone catching us right so that we were we were about to do some drugs and um and and honestly right on the 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 front headline, the theme was, well, are we going to die if we do this? And I remember looking at him saying, you already did die, but you're here now and it's okay. And so what we're going to do is we're not going to die, and we're, but we're going to get fucked up. We're going to get really hot. And I think this just sort of maybe speaks to where I'm at right now because I am eight months of uh, the last go around <laughs> like Chris, uh, double digits for my treatment history, uh, mental illness severely, obviously, 
uh, failure to uh, generally uh, launch, and I am trying desperately to do better than the day before. Uh, our best today, better tomorrow, which was a motto. I think Chris, yeah, he was in that school as well. Uh, for a little bit. Anyways, the dream. So Chris is right there. And I was, I said to him, um, and it was more about like, fuck, man. He was looking at me saying, no, this is for you. He's like, don't, if you're, no. Like, it wasn't about um, anything else than that. I think that if there's anything we can learn from this, from Chris, obviously, I mean, is is the harm reduction aspect, the, you know, don't do it alone type thing. Because I'll be honest, man, I've been in through the ringer here sort of recently. Um, once and again, my my responsibility, you know, I, I, I get it. But it's still tough, and my brain is starting to go with, like, well, fuck, maybe I can mix the... Does the Vyvanse break down with the blood <laughs> and, <laughs> and make it amphetamine straight up so I can inject that? And I know I can get a, some clean needles. And then, so, that's fucked up. But it, it is what my sick brain is thinking right now. Um, good, thank God, I can't get in touch with, like, the one... Uh, shout out to Veronica up there in Harvard Square. Uh, transvestite, beautiful woman. Don't ever say that it's not because you'll get slapped. And it, it, strong hands, strong hands. Lady friend from Connecticut with the met, the hookup with the real shit, the fucking fed meth straight up. Real nice, nice, nice. Yeah, her, her fucking phone, you know, obviously I went to treatment eight months ago. Right now, she's not around. Phone's been changed. Good. Uh, but I think that, you know, Chris's energy, spirit, obviously, you know, either that or, or my the projection within my own mind of, of his essence warning me to not do that. And so I just want to express this story to the dopey nation of the Oak Dog, the Oakalicious. Um, and, and yeah, we got tons of stories aside from that, but that was just my recent 2023 fucking January, whatever, 15th fucking, here we go. Go Patriots or not. Who cares? Who fucking cares at this point? I swear to God, fucking Patriots suck. Fuck Bruins, Celtics. Who gives a fuck? All right. Love you. Bagels and hot sauce. Thank you, Teflon, Dave. I don't know. I hear Chris in that message. I appreciate that message. Chris, if you're out there, we miss you. We love you. Uh, shout out. Here, big thanks and shout outs. Fentanyl J. Big shout out to Fentanyl J. Never said shout out before him. Glad you came on the show. Thank you, Chloe LeBranch, for coming on the show. Thank you to John Brown. Thank you to Cormac fucking putting out Dopey on SoundCloud. Dopey Reddit is total in Slackerville. I don't know what's going on in Dopey Reddit. You guys can't be bothered anymore. I miss the old days, the beef days, the war days between Dopey Reddit and Dopey Facebook, Dopey Nation Facebook. Shout out to Dopey Nation Facebook. Shout out to Eddie Alcusser. 
He never stops. He's like the fucking Duracell battery, the Energizer bunny. He never stops. Shout out to Lizanne, KDB, Steph, everybody in Dopey Zoom. Whoever's in Dopey Zoom, shout out to you guys. Shout out to Dave Mascalani down under. Shout out to Ray's friend in Australia uh, down under who can supposedly recite everything from the first 30 Dopey episodes. Send in a voicemail. I want to hear that. I want to hear I want to hear Dopey like it's the Simpsons in an Australian accent. So send in a voicemail. If you're a crazy fan and you love the show, send in a voicemail. Shout out to Austin from Florida. Austin sent me a box of Narcan and fentanyl test strips. So if you want Narcan or fentanyl test strips, just write me or message me and I will send it to you. Sign up for Patreon. There's so much good shit on Patreon. There's going to be, a again, a bonus Fentanyl J on Patreon and a bonus fucking whatever on Patreon with oh, another special with Katie and Ray and Butchie. Katie came to town and we recorded a little show. Um, Patreon is, is chock full of shit. So support Patreon. Support the show. I'm interviewing Johan Hari today. I'm just kind of ad-libbing. Shout out to Nat Kingsley and the good people at Recovery in the Middle Ages. If you're looking for another podcast, check out Recovery in the Middle Ages. I think that's as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to give one more super big shout-out to Kelly Willis and her boyfriend, Josh, a.k.a. Jake from West Virginia. Because every time I play Jake's version of Good So Bad, people like freak out as though... They've never heard it before when I've obviously played it probably 60 times. So shout out to Kelly, shout out to Josh, shout out to everybody, shout out to Aaron Carr, get her book strung out, shout out to Dopey Dresner. Who do you guys miss hearing on the show? Send in an email. Tell me who you want to hear on the show. Shout out to fucking Hot Wheels who's, who's, who's out there. Staying sober, getting it done. Shout out to Matthew Wiedemeyer Carroll. We had a sober buddy Zoom, which is supposed to be like sober people. Shout out to the people at sober, sober buddy Zoom. Matthew Wiedemeyer Carroll comes to the sober buddy Zoom and he's like, the Zoom was about how to stay sober at New Year's. And Matt Wiedemeyer Carroll's like, I'm fucking drinking. I was like, this is not dopey Zoom, Matthew Wiedemeyer Carroll. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to all the old school dopes. Shout out to all the new school dopes. Shout out to our intern, Claire. Shout out to the old interns. Shout out to Pete Wiggins down in Hawaii. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to Ray Brown. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Shout out to Scott Wick who hates shout outs. And stay strong, everybody. And fucking toodles for Chris. What's up, Dave and Chris? My name's Jake. I'm 25 years old from West Virginia. I just found Dopey about two weeks ago, and it's my favorite podcast of all time. Y'all are hilarious, and it's just gotten me through some really hard times. And Though I'm not clean myself, you know, it gives me a lot of hope for the future. Um, I really like Dave's song, and I'm going to do a little cover of it here on my banjo. Hope y'all don't mind too much. I wrote a uh, third verse myself. 
Sorry about the poor quality. It's just on my phone. And, uh, sorry about the banjos. Things hard to keep in tune. y'all hear this makes it through the uh, big inbox emails feel free to play a clip on the show if you want I, if not I know it kind of sucks alright uh really appreciate it thanks y'all